How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's time to doom scroll with SlimFast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder hornets. Corpies infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. Let's go. All right. Well, uh, you've heard about this uh, train derailment that happened in Ohio. Is it, pa- is it pal- East Palestine? Yeah, I heard him say Palestine. I, I, I've been hearing night. that more now. At they first, they kept calling it Palestine, and then I noticed people started switching. It's like the media figures night. it out. They're like, yeah. oh, I think it's Palestine. The um, EPA so, – so the story that I've been reading is that basically the federal government offered Ohio help. I guess, you know, Ohio's like, at least the governor's like, we don't want your help because, uh, you know, we don't like you. That yeah, was sort of the impression. I had an interview with him today where he said he talked to Biden on the phone. Right. And like Biden said he was going to come to Ohio and he's like, you're always welcome here. So. Right. So it seems like things now are moving yeah. in a direction for that. I also saw people complaining on uh, one of the conservative blogs about why hasn't Biden been there, you know, just like. He's literally in Europe, and also in when they when they do show up, I've seen these exact right. same blogs where they complain like, "What purpose does it serve to just right. show up and say, hey, 'Hey, I'm here,' and then throw paper towels or whatever it is right, that they yeah. do?" The point is, you got a toxic mess in your backyard. A toxic now. and problematic mess. It's a very toxic and problematic mm-hmm. for the rail line, uh, Norfolk Southern, because there's all these allegations now that the 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 company knew about safety concerns that people had brought up these safety concerns many times that they were the the federal government had approved the the rail lines to get these new brakes because apparently the brakes that they use on trains are the basically the same technology hydraulic brakes that they've been using since you know that they first got steam engines and so they they have a more modern version of these that have been around for a while now and they were supposed to be mandated that if they were carrying toxic stuff dangerous stuff that they would have these brakes Apparently that made its way up, and then according to uh, the media, when Trump's White House took over, they said, no, we're getting rid of that. And so they said, okay, you don't have to do that anymore. Whether or not that means this train would have already had those brakes on it, and if that would have solved it, I don't know. But there's also other problems, like the fact that they say the tracks are in poor shape and the uh, train cars themselves that are being used are old and outdated. So Norfolk Southern was going around, and according to some of the people that live in East Palestine, they they claimed that Norfolk tried to get them to sign these pieces of paper that basically said, like, I promise to never talk to anyone and never sue you or whatever. And so then when they went to the media, the media went to the rail line. The rail line's like, oh, those were sent out by mistake. That was a total mistake. It's like, dude. That's what you, that like. Right. I know maybe you don't have a lot of PR people. I'm sure you have some PR people though, especially if you're transporting all this stuff. It's a pretty big company. Well, now they are going to be fined. But what happens to 
the people that live in this area, and how long does it take before the the health dangers subside? No one knows. You well, see, it's these, Ohio, they probably won't even notice. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind of been the running joke online. Is you know, it's already bad. Is it really that much worse? You see videos of people going to like these uh, creeks, you know, behind their house, and just showing it looks like oil slicks yeah, in the horrible, water. Horrible. And of course, the company at first was trying to say, and it sounded to me like the state EPA was also trying to say, "Hey, you know, it's not so bad. We got it contained." never seems like a good thing to me, first of all, when you say, hey, there's been an accident. Our best uh, strategy here is to blow it up immediately. Just right. light it on fire and blow it up. Because if this stuff uh, spills any further, we're going to have more problems. We'll just blow it up and have it go in the air. That to me I tells me you got a pretty say good problem. That, but when I think about my life, any major Absolutely, problems, I just yeah. blow it up. Blow, blow it up. Just blow, blow it all up. up and live tomorrow. Yep. Have you seen the pictures that some of those people took from the passenger plane where they're looking out the windows at the cloud from the sky? Did you see that snow cone on no. Reddit? No. It's amazing. Well, anyway, now the EPA says that they can fine uh, Norfolk Southern $70,000 a day if they fail to properly clean up this mess. The company says it's reimbursed or committed $6.5 million so far. The ramped-up enforcement comes nearly three weeks after the derailment, which sent toxic material into this small community about 50 miles from Pittsburgh. It is my view the Norfolk Southern wasn't going to do this out of the goodness of their own heart. There's not a lot of goodness in there. Meanwhile, the Department of Transportation calling for freight rail reforms, including increased staffing requirements, higher maximum fines, and safety inspections on routes with high-hazard flammable trains. Okay, has anyone noticed now, apparently train derailments are pretty common. And so since this has happened, people have been sharing videos of stuff that, that's supposedly happening, you know, recently. Like, look, this just happened. I don't know if you guys saw one it was just a few days ago, but someone is at a, a cross, what do they call it, crossing guard was down sure, or whatever, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And a railway crossing. And the sign's down. Here comes this train. It's moving real slow. And I don't know what it's carrying, but it's got those big tankers on it that they just like what it looked like in this uh, norfolk southern crash and of course the person who posted it said it's hazardous materials but i don't know you see this thing wobbling and it's moving it just doesn't look very sure of itself and it's going like i said very slow a couple miles an hour maybe and then suddenly these things just start tumbling over and falling and i see people in the comment section saying well yeah you know this actually happens a lot it's just that you know it's not usually big news what happened in ohio is really bad but then there's been another there was a, a coal uh, train that was carrying a bunch of coal that just derailed, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, yesterday, mm-hmm. I think. So it seems to me like, look, we need railroads. I understand. Uh, we get a lot of stuff uh, shipped across the country through railways. Makes perfect sense to me. Not hard to understand. Shouldn't we just spend the money to, to fix it? Right, yeah. And, sure. and to, ma- to, to, to regulate it? I mean, I hate to say it, but regulations, it's, it's just like the vaccines thing. You have regulations. The whole time you and I lost, were growing up, there were a lot of regulations on different sure. things. Things start getting better. They get safer. There's no airplane crashes. There's no train derailments. There's no, you know none of these issues that you go, we don't need all these regulations. Just like, we don't need vaccines. We don't have measles. You know, it's the same kind of mentality. You think, it, look, yeah, just it, fix it. You know, it remi- I always bring th- things back to sports, and I, and I shouldn't, but it reminds me of the NCAA, which is like the NCAA knew that the University of North Carolina that kids weren't going to school who played yeah. sports. And they're like, yeah, not much we can do about that, right. right? But they find out a coach buys a kid a Coke, and they're like, that we will nail you on. Right. Why? Because that they can enforce, Easy to do. right? Yep. Like, if you're going to go after, you know, if you're going to tell a university, like, you know, you'll never play sports again, they're like, yeah, no, we'll see you in court. Yeah. 
But if you say, like, eh, your coach has got to be suspended for four games, they're like, all right. It's the same thing. Like, there's regulations. Like, why regulate me dropping the F-bomb right. when you can't regulate that? Well, why? Because it's an easy thing to do. Yep. It's easy to enforce. You just call my boss and say, fire him. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, and what are you going to do personally? Are you going right. to lobby Nothing. someone? Nothing. Are you going to go uh, pad some congressman's Nothing. wallet and say, hey, look, you know, right. uh, get rid of Nothing. these fines? No, of course not. So that's the stuff they regulate. The stuff, you know, that would be hard to regulate, they're not doing that. And doesn't it all come back almost always? I know you say it comes back to sports. Doesn't it all come back to money and politics? Yes. I guess we've just decided as a country, like, well, this is the way we do things now. But why? It seems right. so obvious to me that these big corporations should not be funding elected representatives' campaigns and getting them into office. Of course. How is that not just basic common sense? I see people on uh, you know Reddit and other comment sections and news stories from other countries like, I don't understand. Why do you guys do this? And it's like, right. we don't understand. Well, the reason mm-hmm. is once you get to where it is now, you how do you stop it? Because it's a, the, the problem is, you know, it's like an a, a, a animal eating its own tail. How right. do you stop it when the, the way that we would stop it, the thing that we're trying to stop, is what's preventing us from stopping exactly. it? Exactly. Like, There's no way. What are we going to do? Are we going to say, hey, we'll get a bunch of, I guess, you know, there'd be Bernie people to say, well, that's why he did grassroots and said, you know, we're going to go with small donations. We're not going to take big. Yeah, the problem is it didn't work. work. It didn't work. Right. Like, it's like, yeah, that's a great idea, except for you're not winning. Yeah, exactly. You're running all the time and not winning. So right. the, and, and I don't care how squeaky clean you think your your politician is. Right. Well, I guess no one thinks there's politicians no, squeaky clean, no matter what yeah. side they're on. They're taking money because it's real expensive. Remember when we interviewed Tom Morello years and years ago, and he was talking about working for that congressperson and how disillusioned he was because yep. that was Tom Morello, right? And yes. he said, like, as soon as it was done, as soon as the election was over and they won, it was like immediately whoever it was, I don't remember who the representative was, was looking for money. So it was making right. calls like, I need money for my next campaign, for my yep. next campaign. He's like, that's all it was. It's all just Yep. fundraising that's all you do and it's like well yeah it's expensive to get elected in the united states and right. that seems like a, and they a source you know, of a lot how of can pelosi become you know speaker all the time right because she can bring that money in yeah they don't like she doesn't have to go to that little like it's across from their building yep. where they walk in and they can make phone calls because it's illegal to do it uh from the house right sure. you can't do it but there's Fundraising buildings that are just, it's just a room that you right. get on the phone and call. Across the street. Right. Yep. It's literally across the street. Yeah. She doesn't have to go across there. My favorite was watching her when they were saying, you know, people have this big push. Uh, senators and Congress people should not be able to own stocks privately or whatever. Right. And then seeing her talk about why that's such a bad idea, I'm like, you, there's, look, maybe they should be allowed to do it. I don't know. But, but you, you, you saying it right. is not helping at right. all. You saying, like, well, that wouldn't be fair. Maybe if you didn't own any stocks, you're like, I don't right. even own any stocks. Maybe if they didn't have algorithms that follow the stocks your husband buys right. to make money. Right. Like, come on. And I know, again, there could be loopholes. Well, now your cousin's doing it. Okay, sure. But shouldn't we at least try to yes. make things a little more difficult? Just like we should try to regulate some of these industries. Because what's going to happen in Ohio now, I'm guessing, is a lot of people are going to get sick downstream yeah. for a lot of years. And being able to trace it directly back to them is going to be... Almost impossible, so they'll be okay because lawyers won't gonna, be able to sue them of out of course, business. And they're and, gonna deny health benefits. Exactly. That's it. So and then, you know John Stewart will either take them to the court or nobody. That's yep. it. Yeah, that's that's it. You gotta wait for John Stewart to clear something off his <laughs> yeah. desk because he's busy. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It's sad. Um, you know, maybe hey, maybe we'll have a bright future. Maybe things will get better. I don't, I don't know. Uh Alex Murdoch, sorry, Alec Murdoch. 
Uh, he's still on trial. His son, Buster, his only living son, testified yesterday. There was uh, quite a few things that went on this week, including the uh, the defense has this expert who comes up and is talking about, uh, you know, well, I've looked at the trajectory of the of the shot, and the shot would have had to have come from way down here. And Alec Murdoch, you know, he's over six foot tall. He's a pretty tall guy. There's no way. I mean, unless he, like, got down on the ground. So then when the prosecution gets up there to cross-examine this guy, they're like, uh, you know, so you're an expert. And he's basically saying, and I'm – Obviously, paraphrasing, he's basically saying, like, no, I'm not really an expert on this. Now, he has testified about other things, and he is some sort of an expert, but it seemed to me, just in my humble opinion watching it, that they totally eviscerated this guy. They kept saying, so this 11-year-old comes and, and, and you know, shoots these, these people. Right. And, of course, the lawyers were trying to object, but the judge kept sustaining it. Um, so to me, it just looks like things are not going so good for the defense. But Buster, everyone was curious because Buster had, had a little problem there early on. He'd gotten... What, did he flip someone off at the courthouse yeah. or something? Didn't he get removed for a little while, and then yeah, they brought him back out. in? Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you just kind of see him. I'm sorry to be judging a book by its cover, but he, he kind of looks like maybe he might be a doofus. I don't know. How's he going to act when he gets up there? And then we already know the allegations about his, his now dead brother. So what's going to happen when Buster gets up there? But Buster did do a pretty good job. That might be so far the only thing that's sort of worked out for Alec Murdoch in this trial. For nearly a month, Buster Murdoch has been sitting silently in court behind his father, hearing dozens of witnesses share painful details about the murder of his mother, Maggie, and younger brother, Paul. On Tuesday, it was his turn on the stand. I was in shock. What kind of condition was he in? What was his demeanor? Yeah, his demeanor was, I mean, he was destroyed. He was heartbroken. I walked in the door and saw him and um, gave him a hug and just just broken down. Now, if you have not already consumed every single Dateline episode and podcast series and documentary that's available, there is a new Netflix documentary Ooh. on the way, and they released the uh, trailer yesterday, I think. I got the notification from Netflix yesterday. It said, new trailer for an upcoming uh, Alec Murdoch documentary. And and Brooke has, like, she, her and her sister have consumed all this stuff. I get a lot of the information from them. So, and I've watched plenty of it to the point where, like, I think I've had my fill. But okay. I got to say the trailer for the Netflix thing looks pretty good because one of the things that's part of this giant story, obviously the boat and all these other things, but there was a kid who got hit by his car. And I know, Snowcone, I've told you about this. Yeah. Our young man who got hit by, by a car supposedly a while back. And a lot of the, the Dateline specials, 48 Hours, they don't really get into that because there's just so much to cover. And it looks like in the documentary they are going to get into that. And they are interviewing some of the people that were on the boat that day that that girl died. So, not sure when that comes out, but because you, you haven't watched anything yet, right? Well, I don't so, like, really you know, know you don't really know what's going on, on. Right. right? So if you haven't, then I, I feel, feel like you lucked out. Any information I have is it's from, from you. you. So yep. then I think if that kind of stuff interests you at all, you're yeah, lucky that you waited sure. for I'll Netflix be like, okay, because yeah. probably would have been best to just wait for them to yeah. do it because it looks like it's going to be good. I think it comes out tomorrow. Is it coming out I this week? I feel like it's the 23rd. Okay, well that'd be cool. I watched the trailer. All right, we got to take a break, right? And then we'll come back and finish this. It's time to doom scroll with SlimFast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder hornets. Corpies infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Go. Go. All right, doom scroll. All right, so a lot of talk today about uh, four-day work week. There was a study in the U.K. I've heard them talking about this for a while, that we could be more productive. And I saw someone debating it on... I don't know, one of the news channels last night about whether or not it's possible to be more productive if you only work four days a week instead of five. The argument I heard was that for a lot of people that work in offices, which we've talked about, you know, how much work do you actually do in a week if you work 
behind the desk 40 hours a week, how much work is actually getting done around you if we were to walk around the building right now and ask everyone who's sitting behind a computer. But they said the people who work like on a line making cars, sticking bumpers on cars or whatever, that it's hard to argue that the productivity wouldn't go down if they took three days off instead of two. Okay, Okay, that's fair enough. Well, but this study comes out and they said that – for at least in the UK, this uh, seemed to not impact productivity too much, and it severely or extremely rather uh, improved people's mood and their lack of uh, uh-huh. burnout, which I think just seems kind of obvious. A new article in the Wall Street Journal brought to our attention a study conducted by Four Day Week Global, a UK based think tank. In one of the largest trials of a four day work week, 61 UK businesses gave their workers an extra paid day off, meaning their weekend was Friday through Sunday. And so far, the results have been pretty staggering. 62% of workers who participated say it provided them with a better social life, and 71% felt it lowered burnout. Well, that makes sense. Okay, now there's different ways that they can structure this. The companies um, could give you an extra day off a week, so you go you know, uh, Monday through Thursday, mm-hmm. or they can reduce your working hours in a day so that you end up working about 32 hours a week. So you'd still be there five days. You just work a couple uh, fewer hours, right? a day. Uh, Right, that's what I'm thinking. To me, if you're talking about burnout, giving someone a couple extra hours off the job, I mean, it's good, but but it's not the same. It's not the same because are you really going to get those couple extra hours? Right. Like, oh, on these days you're going to work 9 to 3 instead of 9 to 5, but you're like... Do we really always check out exactly when we're supposed to? Didn't get out till 4.30. And also, having a three-day weekend consistently would change the things that you're able to do, I'm guessing. For a lot of people, like, hey, you know, two days isn't really enough time to drive to wherever. Maybe we do that now. Maybe we go somewhere for the weekend. Also, uh, productivity doesn't seem to be an issue in the United States over the last however many years, this thing said. Our productivity has continued to go up and up and up, and, uh, you know, our GDP... It's still the highest in the world. The issue has been that salaries haven't gone up. So, you know, there is more money being generated. Work is still getting done. And because of technology, you're able to check your emails at night and work yeah. basically 24 I mean, hours a day. Working, yeah, more. yeah we're, there, more work is getting done. More money, more wealth is being uh, generated. It's just, uh, you know, it's only going to a few people. And, and to me, that's more the issue is not whether or not we're being productive. We know you've, you keep telling us that we're productive and that. The money's there. The issue is that it's just going to fewer and fewer people. Right. I think I would rather see that get addressed than the three-day. But, hey, three-day weekend would be great, too. I mean, because there's obviously value in your time. They're not making more of it. You know, it's it's a finite resource. And so to get an extra day a week, that's a lot of extra time off. That's that's a game changer. I agree. I, I mean, the uh, the thought of you know before there were weekends they always say the unions gave us weekends and I don't know anything about yeah. history I suppose that's probably true week. and the forty hour work week and anything mm-hmm. over that is overtime and in other countries they still have some pretty strong unions and they're doing still doing things like you know the ser- email servers have to be turned off at five p.m. or yeah. you have to pay them overtime and things like that but it's hard to imagine the idea of you know without some sort of structure just the the seven day work week which is what it would be you just work seven days a week. I don't think your company would, out of the goodness of their heart, just say, go ahead and take a couple days each week. That wouldn't happen. No. And three days a week, that's, that's a big difference. I mean, that, I feel like that would be life-changing. Now, for someone like me, it also could just be a reminder that, man, I sit and watch a lot of TV, and now yeah. I'm doing it for an extra day. But so what? You know, maybe I get motivated. I'm well, like, I don't well, think they should, you know, 
If you want to come to work, come to work. Sure. I know people who I like that's to that's not work. a big deal. Yeah. I know people who always volunteer but for you know, overtime. But, you know, I just, you know, but, once you make that rule, if you can come to work, then we're just going to hire the that's people true. who actually come to work. Like, you're yeah. opening up. You, know, yeah. you have to be like, nah, you can't come in. You have to pay them overtime, But I, I want to come in. And they're like, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Well, there's because always Because then I just hire job. everybody who loves working five days a week. Right. They're like, why are you only hiring? Right. Because I'm not an idiot. Right. And plenty of people who work retail and service industry and those things don't get even the two days consistently off a week. So I know this is based on people who are already working a 40-hour work week. But, I mean, I remember people uh, when I was a kid, I had friends whose parents worked for companies where they said, okay, you know, if you work extra hours uh, a day, then uh, we'll give you a Friday off. And it's like, I, I think it might have been every Friday, but I, was, I think it was like every other Friday you get right. Friday off. But, God, it seemed like they worked such long hours. And I was like, all this so that they can get a Friday off. Like, they've been working there for 30 years. How about you just give them the Friday right. off? If they said that it was going to absolutely destroy the, you know, the economy and hurt the GDP and all those things, then I understand. But if they do these studies well, and they like say Well, I do like what our company and, went to, which is, you know, we would have a set week's amount, depending on your contract or how long you worked here. Yeah. And now they just said, hey, you asked for it, and as long as it's cool, you got it. Yep. Which just, I do like that. It. It's like some sort of flexible vacation thing. Like, if, yeah, if you want it. And your department head approves it, then you're good. Yep. I'm like, well, that's good. Yeah, it's good. And I, I mean, like that idea. There are obviously com- companies that are better to work for than others sure. out there. So, but and that's why we need the rules for the people who work for the companies that right. aren't so friendly. I don't know, three day work or a three day weekend. I'm all for it. Don't the French do it? You always hear people say that too. I don't know if that's true either. I don't know. Yeah. If they always say the French only work four days a week. Oh, I don't know. It seems like they're pretty happy. I don't. Know. It seems like they're doing all right. Um. Uh, the Home Depot, speaking of jobs, they raised their minimum wage because they're, uh, I guess, uh, having a hard time getting people to come in. So they raised their starting wage to $15 an hour, which I, I don't know. If you ask me, what do you what, what do you think the minimum is at Home Depot that they pay people? I would have guessed that it was already at $15. I don't know. So Home Depot announced it's raising its average hourly wage to $15 an hour. It's part of the retailer's $1 billion investment to support its frontline workers. The increase goes into effect this month for workers in the U.S. and Canada. All right. Well, so there you go. I guess we're not going to do anything about the minimum wage. That's been talked about for 15 years now, and nothing's ever really come of that. So I guess we're just sort of done with the minimum wage. So I kind of try to do the math, but I'm not good at it. Is that, what, thirty grand? I think, it, yeah, before taxes, right? Yeah, so it'd be yeah. Thir- thir- thirty grand. Thirty grand. If you, but if everybody you work, gets paid before taxes, right? Yeah, if you right. work forty hours a week, right? Yeah. Is it fifteen dollars? I think fifteen dollars is yeah, thirty. Thirty, a, year. a little, little bit more. Yeah, which is crazy too. Now, just because as I get older, of course, things change as you get older, and your perceptions don't really keep up with the times. But when you think about, you know, when I was a kid, uh, even like in high school, fifteen dollars was good money. Yeah. You know, uh, now. Thirty grand. If you're on a single income, and you're making thirty grand. It's gonna be real hard to pay rent just about anywhere. Yeah. And uh, you know, I heard this thing like Portugal and a couple other countries have gotten rid of Airbnbs. This had never crossed my mind, but they say that Airbnb um, and whatever the other one is, uh, VRBO, um, is contributing to the housing shortage that that we're experiencing because people are turning their homes into businesses, you know, into investments. So, and then a lot of companies are buying up property and saying, Hey, we're going to buy 10 houses, 20 houses, and they rent them out. So they say that some of these countries at least think that it's caused the, um, you know, younger people to be kind of cornered out of being able to buy a house. The average age for a first time home buyer keeps going up. I heard that now, I think I heard 
the other day that it's up to 36 now, but maybe it was 34. But whatever, it wasn't that long ago they said it was like 28. And I was just thinking, I wonder how old my parents were when they bought the first house. I think my dad was, I think he was like 29 or 30 when he bought it. My dad was young. My dad owned a house before he married my mom. So did my dad. That's why I'm saying I think, because I think he got married when he was like 31. So, but I know he already had that house. So I think he bought it somewhere around somewhere around thirty, um, and I'm, I'm always crazy about that. You hear someone say like, "Oh, my parents bought this place for seventy thousand dollars in 1984." Whatever, and like mm-hmm. Jesus, really? But that's not. I mean, that is a long time ago, but it's also not that long ago, and it's just crazy how much you know that yeah. that changes. And what that's why thirty thousand dollars sounds a lot different to me probably than it does to someone who's. 19 right now out there looking for work. I'm not saying it sounds like a lot, by the way, but I'm guessing it sounds like even less to someone who's out there looking at rental prices. In my mind, I think, well, just do what I did. You know, just go rent a crappy apartment in a bad part of town for 500 bucks a month. But I've got people telling me you can't do that. I'm like, maybe you can't. I don't know. When's the last time I tried to rent a crappy apartment in a bad part of town? It was almost 20 years ago now. Right. So I don't know what, what you need to make now. I'm curious what that is as a single income. How much you'd have to make before taxes uh, to be able to afford that crappy one bedroom and, and and pay your bills on time, you know, and have a car, make even if it's a, a kind of crappy car. I mean, if you do that thirty thousand dollars, you know, that's but you know, I don't know, twenty four hundred bucks a month. So you know, you got man, it's going to be tough. Thousand dollar rent, maybe. You know, you right. might be able. That's I mean, I feel like you know, I would always say like if I can pay my rent with one paycheck, right. Then I'll be okay. Right. So that means yeah. it's got to be under twelve hundred. Yep. And in my mind, I'm like those places. And by are, the way, that's not like you know, uh, that's surviving. That's just surviving. You know, that's when I was doing radio life. for no yes. money, that was like, all right, I got to be able. What can my rent be? It's got to be. I got to be able to cover it with one paycheck. Yep. And now I, that said, you know, everything else is more expensive too. So right, everything. You know, so that counts on the back end of that. But you know, you probably got a shot at that. Right. I don't know. I have. I mean, that's surviving, by the way. But I don't know if you can find what you can find for twelve hundred. I don't either. I know that uh, Brooks sisters have looked at places, you know, had to rent and looked recently, and I've heard them talk about prices, and I'm like, that can't be right. But then I catch myself like, what do I know? Right. I'm now that forty year old guy. Like, no, you don't need to. Sounds to me like you're looking for a castle. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't need to live there. Right. Because when we moved to, or when I moved to Seattle, that was two thousand six, and I remember the rent on that one bedroom was fifteen hundred dollars, and I thought, this is insanity. Uh, $1,500 a month for a one bedroom apartment. And I think now in Kansas city, we're, we're, we're there and past that. Even I'm guessing that a one bedroom downtown probably starts around 1500 here. So I can't even imagine what it is, uh, in a city like Seattle. Now I have no idea. Also, generally speaking, you do make a little bit more money there because they know hopefully, but not always, you don't always make more money. If you're working for a company that's a national chain or whatever, that starting hourly do, pay though. might be the same starting, you know, they usually do. Home Depot might be paying the same $15 there that they pay here. I don't, I don't know if they up it because like, Oh, it's more expensive. A lot of places they do. I mean, I but not enough. Will. Right. Not enough. Uh, Brittany Spears is back on Instagram, but she wants you to just do one thing. And that is please don't call the police. And she posted some stuff Fair. on Tuesday. Uh, she's showing off some new dresses and people say they're concerned about her because she sounds funny, and she's speaking with an accent. I don't know. Do we really need to launch an investigation? Okay, so last week, guys, I made a dress. It's really proud. A girlfriend helped me sew it. They sent me a dress I didn't have to make myself. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm just saying. Okay, now I'm so proud. I didn't even have to make it myself. Thank you, company, for sending me this dress. So, guys, 
I just want you to know if I shut down my Instagram, do not call the cops. Oh, don't ever be a roller coaster. Okay. Yeah. Never be a roller coaster. Seems fine to me. I don't know what everyone's <laughs> so worried about. What am I being? I'm not calling the cops. You just delete Instagram or don't delete it, Brittany. You do whatever you want. Yeah. You're free now. That, that's what everyone was fighting for, Britney's freedom, right. right? Her emancipation, well, she's got it now. Right. So if she wants to speak in a, yeah, what I is that, Australian, South African, yeah. uh, you know, kind of I mid- liked British, it. I thought it sounded, sounded pretty good. good. She should, I feel like she could do acting, right? Yeah. It seems like it. She seemed fine so to me. We all vote here, she's fine. Well, I mean, you know, I, how about this? <laughs> I've seen worse Instagrams. Yes, that's fair. And I didn't <laughs> call the police fair. over yes, that, so... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.